My guests are diverse. Their stories are moving, outrageous and empowering, who have not only acted on their beliefs, but achieving great things and whose voices are sweeping across our nation. I'm excited for you to join me at Loud Passions and meet passionate people who are dedicated, conscious creatives, fighting for their purpose and who love this planet. Welcome to Loud Passion with me, your host, Susanna Galan. I'm excited to introduce my guest, who is a highly celebrated, accomplished astrologer and making an impact. She's a stargazer with a heart of gold and a stardust soul. And when you meet her for a reading, you leave feeling energized like a rock star, like someone just honed in on the deepest, most private part of your life. With a whiz of a forecast, she can interpret a clearer direction for love, life, and career. Along with her busy practice in the United Kingdom, her blog, The Oxford Astrologer, is one of the most highly regarded blogs on the internet. Her readings are a mix of the timeless tradition of Western astrology and a modern understanding of the human psyche. In her latest blog, she cites, love to be lost in love, to float in the sea of love, to feel divine love. These also may be available to you. Stay alive in this moment now and set your imagination free. Next year may be special. I'm excited to get a chance to explore the relationship between the divine feminine and our universal harmony in the solar system. I can't think of a better guest to ignite our listeners. Welcome, Christina Roddenbeck. Hi, I'm so flattered. What a lovely introduction. I forgot to say you're a publisher. There's a million other things on your website which people can go to. So if I have left anything important now, please throw it in. <laughs> I'm very flattered. That was very kind. And I'm, I'm very happy with that. And fun to be here. Uh, you know what? I'm so excited. Also, it's one of my favorite subjects, the divine feminine, because uh, which we're going to be talking about, because I think it's most, probably the most uh, misunderstood and possibly observed or looked at from a two-dimensional place it's not integrated in a in the bigger picture so I can't wait to really explore that with you especially with what's going on right now in this uh, polarity and especially in America here I know you're in England I really want to understand how it happened at a time like this it's almost like a 50-50 even with the politics in America or in other countries, there seems to be uh, half of the polarities is uh, in attack or aggression, and the other half is fighting for higher messaging, higher callings. And so I really want to explore that and want to celebrate. We're on a solo eclipse today. <laughs> we we're are on a eclipse. Yeah, we're recording June 10th today, and I know even if this comes out later, we are talking on a solo eclipse. So what does that mean? It means that we're very brave and daring to be doing this on a solar eclipse. And it's a solar eclipse, which is actually in the sign of communications, Gemini. And Ooh. eclipses can open the door. And that's what I hope that we're trying to do. We're trying to open the door to talk about astrology and other stuff in a serious way. And I'm glad that you brought up the divine feminine because actually, this is something that astrology has not been very strong on in the last several thousand years. 
it's been very heavily weighted towards the masculine. All the most of the planets that we work with are gendered, and they are mostly the traditional ones were mostly male, except for the Moon and Venus. And it's led to astrology has always been a way of painting a portrait of a person or a portrait of a time, and it's led to a very kind of masculine or patriarchal view of psychology and astrology itself, like anything that was begun thousands of years ago, is a product of whatever time it comes out of. And so it's been really interesting for me that the in the uh, past few years, uh, we've been able to work with asteroids, for example, which are right. named after the goddesses and bring in the divine feminine into astrology like that. Not everyone. There are astrologers that don't work with asteroids. So what, what compels you to do work with that? Because most of them just do traditional or Vedic or mm. but I don't know if they use the asteroids. How does that affect or influence? What it does is it reharmonizes the solar system in a way. So we have the normal, naturally, we have the usual planets, which are Venus, Mars, Mercury, Saturn, Jupiter. And then we use the sun and the moon as well. And then we have the modern planets, which are Neptune, Uranus, and Pluto, and lots of other astrologers use different things, different points. Um, but most of those points have always been named after gods. We know this is Jupiter. Right. And although you shouldn't gender planets too much, but you can't help it. So we've been talk thinking about the paradigm of astrology has been within a patriarchal system. It's that simple. Oh, yeah. And of course, so it means that the interpretations are pa become patriarchal. They come out of that system. So they are biased towards patriarchal thinking. And this is inevitable. And it's the same is true of anything that we look back at, literature, whatever. We're looking back. And what we're trying to do is draw the good stuff out and update it to modern times. So the reason I use the asteroids is because the main asteroids are the first, the biggest 10 asteroids are named after goddesses. So we get Juno, we get Ceres, we have Pallas Athena, and that that brings in this divine feminine wisdom. And what's interesting about them is that they are, they're in a belt, the ones that I use, which is between Mars and Jupiter. So they add extra timing and they reharmonize is how I like to look at it. The horoscope, they reharmonize the solar system by bringing this divine feminine energy in. The question you might want to ask is, does it really work? Which is always the question with astrology, because there's no point doing astrology unless it actually works in the chart. They do. They work in the chart. This is something I've been working on and a few other astrologers as well as actually testing out the asteroids, seeing because you can say anything means anything, which I think you see a lot. But actually, does it have impact to the asteroids does juno have impact does it have anything to do with marriage for example which it does she was the goddess of marriage and does she actually affect marriage when we use her use that asteroid in astrology it might not necessarily be the case we might have been mistaken when these asteroids were named which was only in the beginning of the 19th century they were named and then pretty much ignored by astrologers until the seven and uh, let me ask you this when i think about the goddess and the gods 
the very mass male and the female mm. and how Zeus led one god and it goes on and yeah. it's fascinating that we have a whole new generation of non-gender intersex different explorations of gender and I and also I think couple that with the maybe the old version where even the goddesses were removed from astrology interestingly enough yeah but they were silenced and becoming visible. I'm wondering if astrology will be able to accelerate and fit into modern culture with a, a new understanding of the divine feminine, not just associating with women, but yes. finding the balance of the yin-yang. I completely, I really agree with that. I was uh, talking to one of my clients who is a trans woman just the other day and I was looking at her chart and her chart was pulsating with the divine feminine. It was really interesting. And it really was a, just an amazing revelation to me of the divine feminine actually speaking through her. Um, She had actually something, a very strong point in her chart, which I also use, which is the black moon Lilith, which is a mathematical point to do with the, the sun and the moon. And that was very strong in her chart. Lilith is a mathematical point that I also use, which is, and Lilith is a really interesting, again, it works very well in astrology because you see it repeatedly. And Lilith was Adam's first wife, the woman who was cast out. Well, she left him. Remember, she went off with the demons. There's a whole, (laughs) yeah, there's a whole story around that. Yeah. 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 And it, she went off with the demons. She, she kidnapped babies. She had a, very bad reputation and astrologically she shows up sometimes in terms of reputation but also in terms of this outcast divine feminine you see her very strongly in certain charts not everybody of course and yeah so what you're saying which i love and because i'm always trying to myself intuitively keep my finger on the pulse and i have this whatever exists if, if somebody is introducing non-gender or transgender or Mm. different facets i have to say to myself what if it exists it's part of our reality we need to find a way of understanding or embrace and i'm noticing that especially with somebody like you that's really aware of the internal message of the divine feminine especially when you're looking at say non-gender or that is really allowing you to find that to explore that deepest part of loving self, maybe that we've got the extreme going on where mm. the old norms are being fought. Like we want to save our old norms, save our old statues, save our old history. And I'm just wondering, does that show up in our solar system now that we're in this kind of like magnetic polarity? It- really does. I would say one of the themes of this year and last year, but actually this year, is there is a huge clash going on between the desire for the future, for freedom, for individualism, and and rules, and the need to have rules. So this is something that astrology actually deals with very well. Two of the most important planets are Saturn and Jupiter and Saturn essentially is about restriction and rules and Jupiter is about expansion. And you could say that the whole of politics and life is really about 
the tension between those two. But this year, there's a planet that's involved very strongly, which is the planet of rebellion and revolution, Uranus, which is in Taurus. And throughout 2021, the planet of rebellion and revolution is making a very hard aspect to Saturn, which is the planet of rules. I think that these two, I think it's an incredibly dynamic aspect, actually. So something comes out of this. It's not like it, it doesn't get stuck. It's the opposite of being stuck. So there may be, it's like we may be bashing our heads together, but something new evolves from this. And you, the United States itself, I think you, you mentioned this when you at the beginning, is going through a lot of upheaval. And this is very clear in the astrology as well, because the U- U.S. has is having what's called a Pluto return, which only happens every 200 200- It hasn't happened since 1776. So Pluto's in the same place that it was in 1776 this year. And that is a moment of transformation for a country. So, of course, it's all been leading up to that since about 2008. We've been leading up to this moment of transformation for the U.S. And it's coming coming to a boil, coming to a head. And you also see this in the battle between – there's a generation gap going on, you know, that the squabbles between the generations, the millennials and the – Boomers. boomers. I was going to say, okay, boomers, the okay boomers, but the boomers and the millennials or Gen Z and the millennials as well. The Gen Z is now coming up to say, you millennials, stop complaining, etc. So all of that, that generational turmoil is also, you can see that written in the, in the script of the stars at the moment. I, and I'm almost thinking because there are so many different opportunities now to choose your own sex or your own style of career and I know not that I want to necessarily change subjects but we've just been through this huge pandemic which I want to talk to you about in a minute I think that is that's that kind of Pluto feel where you go inside mm-hmm. and you really look at you go within I don't know what it came up as but most people don't want to do generic anymore go back to the same old and so yeah. there's this huge resistance and I'm wondering if it breaks, if it splits the gender gap, because if we don't jump on with the artificial intelligence, and most people are, are jumping into those online cities where they've got avatars, and there seems to be so many other places to go live in our heads or online or and so many more opportunities. Yeah, I'm wondering from a baby boomer Generation X perspective, there's going to be an enormous divide. It feels a really different divide, like one in the sky, one on the earth. And I wondered what you think about that. Okay, there's a lot of things to unpick from that, actually, because there's another aspect of the general zeitgeist at the moment, the general spirit of the times, which has actually been ongoing since 2010, which is the presence of the planet Neptune, which is the planet of glamour fiction uh, making stuff up of illusion of magic of mysticism of mystery this planet has been in its own sign pisces since 2010 and it will be there until 2050 uh, 2025 i think and and that has actually influenced when you were saying that we've all we're all have places that we can go in our heads Mm. that is the 
the influence of the Neptune in Pisces, which is the planet of imagination in the sign of imagination, mm. which is an explosion. We haven't had it there since 1850. And I did quite a lot of work on this because I was so fascinated by it. Yeah, I thought, what happened in the 1850s that was like now? And in the 1850s, that's when these very long-form novels became were born and people were complaining about people losing their heads in books all the time in exactly the same way that people talk about Netflix now or gaming or the way that we're able to lose ourselves in these other worlds. And that exactly the same thing happened in the 1850s, but the other worlds were in novels and long poet books of poetry, etc. That changed, it changes the way people think. And we forget that discover that fiction like that changed the way we thought back then imagine a world without i don't know without fiction without actually having very many novels you would have had storytellers but you wouldn't have been able to lose yourself in that personal space of reading a book and now we do the same thing with say netflix or online worlds all the worlds yeah and some of them are good and some of them not so great i have to say i'm not sure how i feel about tiktok (laughs) Yeah, I haven't gone on it yet. I was, <laughs> was advised, gotta go on TikTok. That's where it's at. And it's like, I, I, I have an Aries moon. It says, you do not say to someone like me, you have to do something. <laughs> no, I not quite. So can I, I want to ask you, I know it's crazy forecast question, but when we're looking at this pandemic that we went through, that even me, I felt we would have something coming in, but not... I don't think I ever saw a plague or a... I'm wondering, it's just a crazy thought, and I'm wondering, because you talk about imagination, is there a possibility with love or relationships that if something like that continues or we're in and out of lockdowns or we're maybe a little more isolated yeah. than what we're used to, would we find partners in artificial intelligence? Would that become bigger? In our worlds, love start to look different. And I'm wondering where, if it says, especially with the goddesses now coming in at the right time for love to balance the divine feminine, is there a journey we're taking or are we both on this dual path? AI is coming down the track like a big train, right? It's coming. This is Uranus and Taurus. So we have the technology. All we have to do is apply it. And so we have to get used to this idea. But we also need rules about applying it. And this is why Saturn is really important, why it's important for us to understand that the AI is coming. So therefore, we need to already be thinking about how we want to limit it, frankly, and what limitations we need to put on things or what rules or what at least what ethics we need to be thinking about. And the ethics are really become very important. And this is something that we need to be thinking about in the next 18 months um, to two years is to think, be thinking about the ethics and the laws, et cetera, to do with things like AI, because it's, it's coming and there's no getting away from it. Concern that it, if we got lost in an isolated world and we could create a perfect partner that can yeah. smile the way you want and say the things you want. And we can just men, especially men are marrying a lot of artificial intelligence marriages have gone on somewhere in different parts of the world are we are we just going is that neptune going to take us too far or is there does saturn come in and say oi 
at some point? That's a really good question. I think that we are basically what is going to happen in the next in it's happening now and it'll happen again next year is that Jupiter, the planet of expansion comes and joins Neptune in Pisces, right? right? So the imagination gets even bigger. And this is a factor that's going to be strong in 2022. On the one hand, this is fantastic for spiritual people because yes. it's a, an expansion of the spirit. It's, you may have wonderful experiences. You it's a moment when the divine is very real. Um, and, so there's that side to it, which is great. As with, in astrology, everything has two sides or three or four. So there's, that's one way it goes. The other way is actually exactly what you're talking about, which is the idea that people get lost. You can get lost mm -hmm. in this world. Happily, Saturn does come up behind Pisces, behind Jupiter in a few years into Pisces and starts organizing things. So there may be this expansion and then this organizational Energy. The tough, tough mama love. Yeah, will come in later. So I think that for those of us of a more spiritual bent or intuitive or who are in touch with the goddess or the god or whatever it is, however, in touch with the numinous is how I would put it, next year and the, even this summer promise a great deal. They promise a great expansion of the spirit. It's always nice to think everybody's going to have their consciousness raised, but that is just not how the world works. No. And that, that it's interesting you say that because I know we, we're going to talk about universal love in a minute because that's coming in and that, oh, my God, I want to hear all about that. But and I'm working towards that too. I'm trying to inspire everyone to find the things they love in themselves, utilize or slowly build that strength so that they have something solid to connect within themselves with rather than before COVID, everyone had so many distractions. Nobody really, it was easier not to go within. It was just easier. No one really expected it. And even consciousness was not really defined or like stand, was not the message that people were paying attention to. Again, I think it's distractions. So when you talk about universal love, because we had talked prior to the podcast about we have a time of universal love coming in and mm -hmm. all of next year, how do you think that affects us? We will Will the people more conscious just connect with higher conscious or seek it? And people who don't will just create, will just be divided more. And it's almost like two different realities in a very genuine way going on. So I think that, like I said, the, it, it would be lovely to say everybody gets swept up in a great wave of universal love. And I just don't think that's the case, but it is available for those people who want to hear it and want to feel it. And it's available to us coming with this Jupiter-Neptune conjunction, which is exact on April 12th next year, but actually it's around this it's around this summer a little bit, this energy of the spiritual energy, and it's around for five months at the beginning of next year and then the three months at the end of next year. So there's these long periods of this very special energy. We don't get very often at all. I think the last time was in 1856, just to put that in context. And 
I looked at, I thought, what happened in 1856? I couldn't really find some. There was a spiritual revival in certain parts of the world. And I noticed that Madame Blavatsky is the year that she claimed she went to Tibet and uh, spiritualism well, yeah. in, the, in the States was really taking off. But I know. Remember, she would put little notes from a channel all the way over. But she does have some incredible people want to study. Yeah. She really has some interesting teachings. She's the influence on the whole new age music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the, you know, the grandmother of it. And so I was interested that that was happening. And I thought that's interesting that it was actually quite personal for her at that moment. She it was before she started spreading the, the message, etc. So I think this is could be quite an internal and personal thing for a lot of people. Yeah, that's my feeling going within that it's yeah. safe and it's safe too. It's, it's safer. It's safer. One of the things that you've said that I think is really important and interesting and I want to pick up on is the idea of what the effect of the pandemic has been on this, which is that it's given people, okay, isolation has been bad, but it's also been good. Stopping for a while has been difficult, but it's also been good because people have had to stop, stop, listen, and stay still for a while. And that stillness has had a wonderful quality in some ways. This is because we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of what astrologers divide uh, the world into the signs into fixed, mutable, which means sort of moving, and cardinal, which means energetic and going forward. And we've had a lot of fixed energy in the last, at the beginning of this year. It's now very mutable. There's this moving energy again. But that fixed energy is really useful sometimes to have that fixedness and to be very stuck because it allows us to draw all the fripperies, all the distractions, as you were saying, to drop away and we can focus inwards. And I think that's been wonderful, actually. One of the, the, one of the things about the pandemic, which has had many awful effects, but it had some wonderful effects, of that sort of the frenetic pace has had to slow down. Well, I think it's interesting you say that, but it, it's taken that survival like that fear fight or flight that fear of getting sick and dying that we have most of us have retreated into our huts and I noticed that normally we don't sit within our space yeah we've actually had to and this is where you talk about that not rigidity but that calm where if you have to start to like your space no matter what because that's where you're existing and it's made us ex even though we felt smaller we've also felt larger and I'm wondering if we can just hone in on that sanctuary of how we felt and expand it where we do less but we have more quality not everyone experienced that but quite a lot of people did that they realized their home is their sanctuary Yes, I think quite a lot of people did. I think that you, speaking, we were talking about the divisions before. One of the big divisions that happened that's been happening is between people who had a really terrible time in the lockdown from isolation or they were ill or no money or whatever it was, and the people who actually had this moment of stillness that was so useful. And both those experiences are equally true. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea if you haven't had a good time and you haven't experienced going still and 
being able to walk through this time period, it's a very good idea to slowly prepare a life where if this happens again, you're safer. In other words, minimalize or really think about a very slow walk towards what towards how your future or your direction can really look. And that's where I think astrology is also very good mm -hmm. to show you some of your aspects, your coping mechanisms or your where you shine more. Or I think it, it gives a glimpse like through a window, doesn't it? Yes. The use of astrology on a very simple level is to show you the spirit of the times, but also to show you how you fit into the spirit of the times. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, ha and, and how you can work with the spirit of the times and rather than fight it, at least work with it. And sometimes it's useful just to know that actually you are dealing with very difficult things, a very difficult situation. And you know, the, the natural reaction is to feel upset and depressed rather than thinking, why am I upset and depressed? I'm such a so weak of me. Sometimes it's okay to let go. And I think that astrology shows you that, that there's sometimes to let go and sometimes to run. There are some, it's about, being catching the moment there's the, the 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 moment in time that you need to accelerate sometimes and catch the wave it's like surfing and then there's sometimes when you need to let the wave go and it's interesting i'm back thinking again about this sort of piscean year that is coming in um because i just wanted to mention i think one of the things that we're circling around is this idea that the inside of you is huge right? There's this yeah. amazing and huge ocean inside of each of us. And that may become accessible, more easily accessible for a lot of people in this Piscean times that we're about to plunge in. So that, so you're saying, because I'm completely on board with this. In other words, I think for people who might not understand or interpret that as cohesively, it's just you get a sense of awareness. You get these dawnings or these these aha moments sometimes, mm -hmm. or these, that there's something bigger, like mm -hmm. that feeling of hope that, mm -hmm. like you often get when you're 14, that feeling like, oh, it's going to be amazing, I'm going to be doing this. It's that, but it's in a much more beautiful way and more gentle way, the subtle strength, that there's something bigger in, inside you that is connecting with, with the world. And I think there's, it doesn't come in words. It's a feeling. Wouldn't you agree? I, I really agree with that, about the idea that this is, we're talking about a feeling rather than some people will have big ideas. The most closest I can get is music, really. There's a, there's a wonderful, there's going to be wonderful music in 2022 and in this summer. There's music being made, the music of the spheres. There's great beauty. Um, well, that goes back, yeah, back to... Like we had different bursts of brilliance from Renaissance to uh, novels you were talking about. Yeah. And maybe it, through art, sculpture, music, uh, films, or some kind of the visual and auditory, maybe that's what's birthing out of this. Oh, I have got to say, anybody who does anything with movies, film, I think it's going to be an incredible period, actually, of, of creativity, especially for oh, music, film, art, dance, all of those are going to be really flourishing. And I think, again, it's fantastic that we had this break, this pause, this yeah. 
You stop having to produce stuff all the time. Stop. You can't be on the schedule because you can't do anything. And part of that was what was interesting was the creative response by certain people to how do you do stuff on Zoom. But actually, a lot of people just stopped doing anything like that and went home and doing things differently, doing things in the cave. And there's a lot of creativity that's been brewing. And I think that will continue to brew, actually, that will be coming out in the future years. We're going to find that this was an amazing period of creativity for a lot of people. So there's like a celebration. I know we did a whole thing in America for celebrating women 50 up, which is phenomenal. And we've got women 81 to 84. And as even Ruth Bader Ginsburg was around as a judge, like hanging on to the last (laughs) in our Supreme Court. We have mm-hmm. Nancy Pelosi, 81. We have Jane Fonda, I think, 83 or 84. It's an amazing time to inspire women that there's longevity now. We can actually start creating and doing those things because there's something we're being hailed differently. And I'm wondering, that sort of fits in with that lovely goddess celebration, that energy. I have been thinking about that. And I've been thinking about one of the things, basically, with the old paradigm of astrology you have all the gods and you have the only female archetypes that you have really are venus and the moon which is the mother and the lover okay doesn't that sounds familiar to anybody oh you're a woman so you can be a mother or a lover great thank you but now with all these other female archetypes which we've we're reclaiming there are all these other things that you can be you don't have to be you're not confined to those two and frankly you can also be saturn if you so choose as a woman um, and yeah, when, we have a vice president now, a woman. I mean, exactly. This, we're, we're moving into women not just being stoic figures yeah. in, in, in sort of formal roles, but, but really exciting and taking yeah. a part in community and country. A, a vice president who has a very strong Saturn, by the way, uh, which is the oh, sort cool. of, a, a, person who's a, a, a woman who's in her, charge. Have you, you seen know? her in action? Good God. I mean... <laughs> When she was in the Senate, she's she's a very smart woman. Yeah, organized as well, a very organized mind. That's the Saturn. Yes, so we have these other, we're being offered other ways that you can be a woman. And one of the things that we have been sold for a million years, not a million years, for, for a long time, is that you hit menopause and it's over, right? Which is rubbish, of course. You hit menopause and you're probably not going to have babies anymore unless you do something with artificial, I don't know what. Yeah. But so what? Actually, or, or it means, immaculate conception. Or immaculate conception. But so what? Actually, it means that the door opens to a lot of new, yes. to a lot of things, to a lot of creativity. And actually, that part of that part of a woman's life is an enormous part these days because we live so much longer. If you think about it, it's like probably more years not being fertile than being fertile. And I mention this because of the Venus moon paradigm that we have in astrology, which sticks you into that end of being a woman and doesn't allow those other roles, such as being the queen or who is also very old, being a queen or being a a journalist, I, all those other jobs, all those other ways of being a woman. I mentioned journalism just because Pallas Athena, who is the warrior and also the goddess of wisdom, it appears really often in the charts of foreign correspondents or war correspondents. Right. 
male and female, but particularly female war correspondents, they always have a really strong Pallas Athena. Interesting. Yeah. And what what does Pallas Athena stand for? She is a goddess of wisdom, but she's also the person who stands on the battlefield and looks on. She's literally a witness when you read about Troy. She's there. She is standing there. And uh, strategy. She's also the goddess of strategy. But it's incredible when you sometimes the archetypes that you see in astrology are so literally, you see them literally again in modern times. So Pallas Athena is a woman with a helmet and a flak jacket on. And say someone like, I want to say, is it Lara Logan? She literally has was dressed as a modern Pallas Athena. And she has her very strongly in her chart. So let me ask you, because we're talking about universal love, if you can give, especially people in the States, some hope on we are going to be fighting for stuff, <laughs> coming out in unity. But it's also uplifting because we've just seen civil rights. We've regressed a little passing things, but we saw people from all walks coming together fighting for the rights of equality. Fighting for stuff we should we shouldn't even be fighting about like equality should just be there but are we on a path continuing this but embracing stronger or are we because we're a little burnt out through (laughs) yeah four years of it you are now at the the united states is at this in this moment of great transformation when i say moment this year and probably next year and it's something that countries don't very often have to live through. And there is everything to fight for. It could, as with most of these things, it could go either way. But I think that the American moon in Aquarius, which is a very egalitarian moon, essentially, that's the people, I think that will win out, that fairness will win out. But it's not a short thing. It's a, it is a struggle. However, I also think that Jupiter going into Pisces is very useful. So I think that the way forward is actually it's unclear what exactly how things will turn out or exactly what the way forward is. But the thing to do is to carry on talk, imagining, carry on dreaming, a better carry future. on imagining. Acting as if we're moving towards a better future or what? I think that it will be eventually. And of course, another American thing, and as, as you, I'm an American living in England, and you're yeah, an that's English why woman. I ask you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're an English woman. One of the things about America is that everything wants to be happening, you know, immediately, and so it's been very arduous few years, hasn't it? And you think? It, yeah, I'm a Brit living in America, so I'm the opposite to you. But well, yeah, and. I have never experienced anything like this, but I often thought what came to mind was if you go back in history and English history always cuts out all the juicy bits, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a few of the facts scattered around. I often, especially through different wars, looking at all sorts of from uh, civil rights and Holocaust and just war in general and people suppressed or imprisoned, I often wondered what is wrong with people? Why don't they stand up? I don't get it. Why did they just take it on, take it and suffer? And I think going through this COVID time, I really understood the fear and the threat 
of yes and the power and strength of going within to really fight from soul for the things you believe in because if you don't it's going to die like the cause won't sustain itself and i think it's already set a pattern so we know we already know we can't go in ahead lightly we're already conditioned for that on that level yes i must say your aries moon is speaking very strongly which is the the war the inner warrior that you and it will be different for other people how they respond to the times will be different one of the things that you learn from suffering from having difficult things happen in your life or from a pandemic is that you get a lot more sympathy with people in the past and why why didn't they fight they had children to protect or they had old people to protect they couldn't do stuff and that's how it happens and they didn't have the resources there was no yeah but i do want to tell you a story because i know we're, we're coming up and just want to quickly ask you what was my asteroid in again is it a goddess of what <laughs> your asteroid i don't know what you're mean that let me get your chart up yeah because i want to tell a story around it sorry okay, just, we're just taking a break I mean. yeah sorry i'm just gonna find it give thank me, you give me, give me a minute because you've got several oh well you've got the goddess of wisdom very strong in your chart my dear okay goddess uh, of wisdom so i'm a smart ass all right yeah <laughs> you're also a witness ah. you're part of your job in you know, there you basically you have all four asteroids right, of the main ones that I'm working with, and they're all quite strongly placed in your chart. But the one there's several that bounce out at me, but the one that really bounces out at me is that Pallas Athena in the first house in Neptune. So your job is partly to be a bear witness and and speak out about what you're seeing. That's interesting. My first job was in news. Yeah, um, a lot of my jobs were in news. So yeah, I was going to say that. The reason I want to bring up the story is that years ago I was introduced to a guru from India and they are traditional gurus and they live in India and they really do have, they're devoted and they're not the modern day necessarily ones that are birthed out of San Diego or somewhere. <laughs> and I remember her saying to me, she said, she said, um, I, she wanted me to read her, and I was very nervous because I never read a guru. It's a real, it's a little mm. uncomfortable, but I did it. But she wanted to read me as a gift, and she said, "Let me tell you about yourself." And oh, not the plane. It's all right. It's gone. Okay. So she said, "Let me tell you about yourself," and I was all excited. I thought she was going to tell me something amazing, like when a guru says, "I'm going to tell you something about yourself," and she's got a smile. Yeah. you think you're just like the bee's knee. Something amazing is going to be told. You remind me of a footballer. <laughs> and she goes, not a captain. You're not a captain. You're in an, but I'm in an A-team. And she said, you are constantly kicked out for either bad behavior or whatever she described. And she said, and you keep going back in. And she said that she thought one of my gifts was endurance. But at the same time, as much as I felt like I had a kiss and a slap, 
I never, I thought to myself, why couldn't I be a goddess? And then when I had a reading with you, which was so amazing, and I recommend everyone to have an astrological reading with you, I felt so empowered. And when you said I was a goddess, I thought, ah, now we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that you said one of mine is of wisdom, and I have the witness, which is why I have a lot of friends, funny enough, who are journalists or writers uh, who witness Mm -hmm. things. But i got to thank you for that because I now have another story to add to. Yeah, I was told one of my spiritual gifts is I'm a footballer. That sort of gave me a better story to add um, to my existing spiritual sort of accolades, you know. So thank you for that. So before we close, is there is I could go on for hours and I really want to have you back because uh, there are a couple of people sometimes I'm really interested in all over the world or what makes them tick. And I know you write great blogs. I was reading a lot on uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And I know she has the Black Lilith you were talking about. She she does. So I recommend people. It's a really interesting take. And it's also very thoughtful the way you write. But and it is very direct too. So it's a sort of interesting journey where you start to understand, say, what makes them tick with that specific aspect, how it role plays in their life. And then you did a great blog on couples that, that work together with their moon trines and all sorts of different aspects in the chart. So I, I think for couple sessions, especially after COVID, people might want to... <laughs> <laughs> have a, a couple a sort of astrological a chart on their partners but I do want to thank you to being an extraordinary guest and so bright someone I learn from and enjoy discovering more and diving deep with so I look forward to having you on again and for people who are listening I if you can help, where would they find you? Because I know you have the Oxford Astrologer, which is one of the most highly in Europe and in Great Britain. You can find me just by Googling Oxford Astrologer, and that'll be me. My website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, but really via the website if you want to have a reading and the email address is there. That's the best way to get in touch with me. Yes, um, and we'll put all your details up too. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at I do. I quite enjoy Twitter. Strangely, I do quite enjoy Twitter. I because I make sure that my feed is really, really nice. So okay. I have really interesting folklore and wildflowers and stuff that come through and that I look at, and then occasional bit of news. So that's you can find me through that as well. It's okay, also okay. Oxford Astrology. And thank you again. Thank for you, Audriness, and your smarts and your just your ability to be so open and share and also give us Americans out here some hope and a strategy to not be afraid to go out there now. So thank you very much, Christina Roddenbeck, and um, looking forward to having you on again and again. (laughs) Thank you. I look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Susanna. I always want to thank my guests for the extraordinary work they create and share with us. If you're looking to turn up your passion with love and career, I would love to hear from you. You can find me at SusannaGallan.com. So join me next time at Loud Passions, where power and passion are waiting just to inspire you. 